Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable. This month we're covering metal, and this week we're covering Baroness. Off to a medley start. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with... I'm Dax. Jared. This is Tyler. And once again, we are talking about Baroness. How did everybody feel about listening to Baroness this week? Slightly disappointed, but it was okay. Beginning of the week. Then I listened to the first two albums, and I was like, this is not it, brother. And then uh, I knew I liked the most recent album. Golden Gray. Golden Gray. 2019 release. Did you? But I enjoyed uh, Yellow and Green. Yeah, you well. and everyone else, pal. But the other one, Purple, I was not a super big you, fan. You, oh, let me, wow. uh, based on, that is the exact opposite <clears throat> of how I felt. Based on your feelings for Baroness albums, you are a basic person, Jared. <laughs> I... The first two albums I was super into. Yeah, I was they're like, good. This is going to be great. This is only going to get better. Uh, Yellow and Green is the third one. Right? Yes. Yes. Did not like it. it, that, it there's a big long. shift in Yellow was, and Green. It was too long. It could have been cut down a lot. I was not a fan. It purple definitely shifts. Well, Purple shifts back. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, Yellow and I don't Green. Think it, I don't sh- think Purple shifts back. You don't think it shifts back to a more traditional metal sound? No. I do not. Oh man, I'm pretty, I pretty. I, I feel that it does. If you listen to the second track, "Shock Me," it has the same anthemic kind of sound that Yellow and Green. Well, I'm not is saying that. Out. Yeah, but I'm talking the like the tones, the tonality of it. No, not I the definitely structures. think that Purple is a return man. to Yellow and Green. Man. Yeah, I think Red and Blue are kind of like standalone albums in terms of their. I think they're really instrumentally heavy mm-hmm. and very they are. and very like jammy, but also like well constructed. But then they go in kind of this like more melodic, anthemic kind of sound. Yellow and green, purple and golden gray kind of has the same. Yellow sound and too. green gets closer to alternative rock and indie rock. Yeah, in terms of there's the some of the layered guitar parts in yellow and green are parts that you could have heard honestly in uh, early indie, like '90s indie. So, something like that. <coughs> Snuck up on me. I'm sorry. But every, I feel like every album, it kind of, it shifts anyway. I feel like Red, which Red is my favorite of their albums, and I started at Purple, but Red's my favorite, is probably the closest for me to us to the sludge metal. Mm-hmm. And then for Blue, it seems more into progressive. In fact, um, on Blue. Let me look up the song. Because there's a song in there that just sounds like a prog rock song, really. Would that be a horse called Golgotha? Not the one I'm thinking of. Golgotha. Golgotha. The, the second, place in which Christ was crucified. The second group that shows up on the artists that you you know would like, if you like Baroness, is Pelican. And that's kind of what I was thinking of when they were doing the early two albums. The yeah. um, instrumental stuff. I was like, if I wanted to listen to an instrumental, I'd listen to Pelican. And then there they are. That's so fair. Like, I didn't know you really listen to Pelican. I only know that one song. And I like it. I like that one song because the music video is a guy running. Mm -hmm. And he's running to a microphone. But then once he gets to the microphone, the song's over. That's That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite. They're an instrumental metal band if you've never heard of Pelican. That's good. I like that that too. I know. I was like this. Because you would like... You're getting somewhere within an instrumental song that you don't always feel like you're getting to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like watching the video. Yeah. I know set and settings are pretty decent band that's like the instrumental metal uh the gnashing is the song i was thinking of <clears throat> that sounds to me it sounded like a prog rock song so 
it, I feel like that's closer to the progressive, like a progressive metal sound. And then it really makes a big shift on yellow and green. And it doesn't necessarily, it definitely doesn't come back to songs and an album that's more focused on instrumental. Mm-hmm. Like the way the first two were. I, I mean, I can't deny that. But I thought that purple, the tonality of it seemed kind of like a shift. And I'm not saying it went back to their early sounds, mm-hmm. but coming back out of more of the spit, like, you know, wide open breathing that you get with some of the layering in yellow and green mm-hmm. and comes back to a little bit more traditional metal sound for me. That's when I th- thought of it. I think that purple to me had a lot of elements from what they had already done, but I do think that there's something different that's going on in purple. I mean, purple makes sense to be another shift album because of everything that surrounded that specific album with the fact that they had a lineup change that occurred after the accident that occurred because they had a car accident that very heavily impacted many of the band members during the touring of yellow and green. And then they had new members come in, and they had a new producer on Purple. They switched to their own label for Purple. So there's a lot that happened going into Purple that made that a different album. But I think that it still has a lot of the again it has a lot of the anthemic sound, like the song like "Shock Me," but then also has like some like like synthy vibes too. Well, it does. And which few comes in there, mm-hmm. which is a and it's kind of a weird feel too. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of a groove with some funk. Funk guitar strumming, just light. I don't know. It they're definitely. It it does incorporate more sounds, when you get to that point. Still, I don't think I don't think they ever stopped incorporating more sounds. And when you listen to interviews with John John Baisley, basically the guy behind it all. Yeah. He talks about that. He talks about like every basically every album is is like a shift. Yeah. No album is is like going to be the same album, and they're always changing. They're always changing up, like what the instruments can do, and how the instruments fit into, and what type of instruments they're using, mm-hmm. how they fit in the composition. All of that is always open and open. You know, it, like when they're gonna go create an album, and especially with Golden Gray, because it's also just really quite different. And I'd like to talk about at some point with that, of course, these um, the production issues that everyone has, because I'm still not sure I'm seeing it. I don't see it as much either. I, I could see that some people would see those issues, but I don't think because that that album it's it's very weird because fans did not really like Golden Gray, but critics really liked Golden Gray, and I'm wondering why it would be that all of these critics would still enjoy Golden Gray if all of the issues in the production were so prominent. Right. Like if they if it was really that big of an issue why would they not have picked up on it and had said something? I feel as though critics would know what they were talking about. I would about. think so, too. I'm not finding it. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming, have both of you read about the issues, uh, Caleb and Jared? Or I know Jared has read about it. Yeah. I, w- I haven't read about it. So I would love to talk about it and see what you read people's. Because today when I listened to it again, I listened to that album again today, and I did, did intently with thinking about if I can hear some of that. Because we know that mm-hmm. the producer who produced that also produced Leader uh, Kenny. Yeah, the woods. The woods. Which yeah. I know that I have. I recognize the known issues with that album mm-hmm. on some of the songs, and I couldn't hear. I didn't hear any of that really mm-hmm. today. So, what were the issues? Well, that's what I'm asking. I th- some people thought that it was mixed too loudly, and so okay. similar to the, where right. it comes in like 
at the very top. It's coming out like almost where it's peaking. Yes, exactly. I think that that's the majority issue. I didn't that. notice it. Like so, re-listening to it again, I didn't notice it as much. Basically, when I first heard it, I kind of thought that it was ba- a demo sounding. You know, like it. It didn't sound finished. It sounded kind of like it was recorded in a basement without the proper sound elements mm-hmm. to make it sound professional. Right. And But really, like that's kind of a little bit how Baroness sounds. I mean, early it makes sense because you're not professionals within right. your first couple albums. Right. Then it never really gets to the quality, I suppose, that you would find in a major label release which I, mean, I don't know how many they really have i mean well they had one on ferret right mm-hmm. no, no no no. this is i'm sorry oh what? yeah yeah. you think it's somebody else Correct. yeah they had um what me... what is the record label that they are currently or the one were? that they're currently on is their own label oh, boy. they've been yeah. i think relapse relapse is what they the were one on that before. they were on prominently okay. red and blue were on i think yellow and green were on was on relapse as well red and blue were definitely on relapse but Red, yellow, and green was on relapse. It just sounds like, and it's it's conscious at this point because they wouldn't continuously release albums that sound like this if they didn't know that it sounded, you know, the way that it does. Their first three albums are on relapse. Their second two albums are on on their their own own label. label. Yeah, purple on. Yellow and green had a different producer though than blue or red. So yellow and green had a different producer, but then they had a different producer again on purple and then golden gray. So I I had really liked the song from the newest album, Golden Gray, that came out in 2019. I'm a big fan of the lead single, um, Throw Throw Me me an Anchor. Anchor. I I like that song quite a bit. Is that your favorite Baroness song? Maybe. So then, but when you're listening to the, like, when you're listening to the album, prior to Throw Me an Anchor on the CD, you have Anchor's Lament, Mm -hmm. which is kind of an anthemic intro to throw me an anchor mm-hmm. which kind of takes it into a bit of a different experience mm-hmm. um listening to it so like and i had i hadn't listened to it to this album since it came out whenever it came out um in in june yeah yeah so it's been quite a bit and i listened to it when it came out and i was like it's okay mm-hmm but I know that I really like this song. So I've listened to yeah. Throw Me an Anchor a lot since mm-hmm. that, but I wasn't as familiar with the intro to that song. Mm-hmm. But it it takes it to a kind of a bit of a different level in terms of a listening experience yeah. when you have that intro to well, yeah, that you single. Do. Well, I don't... Because <clears throat> it's like kind I, of like a choir... Um, well, that's what just, they've done. That's the thing they've... For instance, on Red, the first the first three, four tracks are all tied together like that in a way. Right. And they, mm-hmm. and, and even the intro, even the bits in between are, all, are kind of standalone to an extent or part of a building to build into the song. Even at the beginning, like from the birthing into Isaac, for instance, mm-hmm. is that kind of like, um, you know, checking style guitar. But I didn't, for instance, back to the golden gray briefly, I don't, I'd never heard any of these issues. I never can hear them. So I don't know, and I, that's why I'm like I, I don't I, I don't know I don't know if I don't know why people didn't like it I don't I can hear where there's more sound. You also didn't but, get to experience it organically though, in terms of so you purchased the album but you hadn't picked I pre- it up. Yet. I pre-ordered it, yeah, but you didn't pick it up yet, and then the 
the issues came about prior to you listening. Yeah, probably to it. they did. So you didn't have as much of a organic experience right. of, right. you know, like your opinion of it would be either I feel this way because, like, well, either I hear it or I don't hear yeah, it. Yeah, but and, you, I, and you I know it exists. Know right, that it I know that it yeah, exists. Exactly. So, I know that so it could your, potentially your be experience a would be a right. little bit different. Right. right. I do think that a lot of people who listened to it knew about the issue and then heard the issue because they knew about the issue. Well, can confirmation we, bias to that extent, but... Can yeah. we play a little bit from that? Yeah, I'm going to play Tourniquet. That's, That's a, good a good song. One. Yeah, that is a good one. So you can hear kind of a little bit of a buzzing. I hear yeah. some of it, but what I can't tell is whether it's whether it's a fuzz effect on the guitar that they're having set to clip, or if it's a production issue. That's the real problem right. because that's a that's a pre-track and post-track difference. Yeah. So if it's pre-tracking, then that's an effect on the guitar that's intentional by the artist. Right. If it's post-tracking in the art and it's somewhere in mixing, you know, and the and the producer, the thing about a producer too is like some producers have like put a touch on things. Some producers have a mark that they leave on a recording. Meanwhile, other producers, for instance, Albini talks about how his goal is to get the sound the band wants. It has really nothing to do with him. That's what he considers to be, you know, a success for him. Mm -hmm. So that's where it's like, well, you have to like figure out what, you know, what's the producer, what their goal is. But if it's post, then I guess it could be an issue, but it's not on every track. No. And, and it's not even on every, not in like every song, but it's not on every track of a song either. Right. It's not like the, you know, his vocals doesn't, don't have it. No. It's one guitar mm -hmm. that has it. It actually that, sounds like the bass song. to me. It sounds like bass, but it's actually the part that I found to be like most close to clipping was a guitar playing a, a part very similar to the bass line. Okay. So, but the bass was getting close as well, I guess, but I didn't really hear the bass get to a point where it's just like, you know, hitting the level and clipping, just being there. I mean, that song shifts to a lot of noise, of course, all instantaneously, if you will, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely could see it. I, I think it does sound intentional, though. I think so, too. Like, I don't think it was, like, a mistake. And I don't think that it sounds bad. No, no, I don't think so either. Like when you listen to that song, I'm not like, oh, this is this is horrific production. Why I mean, why is why did they put this out? Like, even past that, there was a couple interesting choices mixing wise. But I, I mean, it sounded like they knew what they were doing. They were going yeah. for a certain sound. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it can also be dangerous with metal in particular to get too clean. A lot mm -hmm. of metal artists, because the type of gain used on most metal guitars is a very it's not often fuzz or overdrive. It's a full, it's a distortion that's a very clean, like a linear sound to the breakup. And if you get like, if it's overproduced, it starts to get really clean. It almost loses something, you know, when it does it too. So maybe that's like a testament to why, you know, Baroness sounded like that initially and they've never really changed in terms of the production process, mm -hmm. you know. So I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I hear what people are talking about in there. I'm not sure it does, it does much of a difference. So you to know. go to go back to the early albums, Dex, you said that you like Red and Blue. What do you think about Red and Blue? Was the thing that like made you more interested in their music? 
uh well it was more jammy like there was more like heart to it like mm-hmm. it felt like they were having more fun with it uh yellow the yellow and green yes yellow and green it just didn't have that really it felt like they were trying too hard it felt like they were like being really like they didn't know what they wanted and it felt like it was too long they didn't know what they were aiming for so they just left everything in whereas red and blue were just like open and shut that was the album well it was their first double album that's that's kind of maybe the problem that you're finding perhaps is that so you, like red is one album blue is one album then you have yellow, yellow and green, green which, is, which is a double album same right. thing with golden gray right so you have maybe too much and you're basically trying instead of releasing two albums you're putting everything on one so you have to have a one entire experience listening then take right. a pause and have an uh, an intro, a, a green theme, if you will, or yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. and then go into the next album, full right. album, and it, you know, maybe that is a bit of a um, a strain on the listening experience, perhaps. Could be. That's well, I do think that the whole, I mean, the 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 way that the album is set up is that it's an intro and then eight songs and then an intro and then eight songs. So right. I don't think that necessarily it was them just leaving everything in. Oh no, it was an intentional yeah. decision to say this album is going to be framed this way. Yeah, and it was I, just how I felt about it. I mean, I, right. I know that's what they're aiming for, but right. But is it really that much different? Like going into the next. Um, album well, that's theme, a good question. Whatever. Like, can you tell that you're listening? That you I have could, anything I that green t- is different from yellow? Is it that much yeah, different? I, could I was tell kind it was of different. expecting it to be more different. Well, that's I, that's a question I have for you all as well. Is did you what did you notice? I could notice a difference between the two. Um, I don't see a vibe, huge but it's not huge difference. No, but like how different? But I don't think that any of their albums have a huge. That's I mean, what I'm it's, saying. It's how like different we, are they going to be? It's like when we listen to the Strokes and you didn't know that. You were in an, an entire different almost mm-hmm. decade, you know, listening to them. And like one album ended and the next album started, and it's three albums later, and you didn't know that the album had ended. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that could possibly be the same kind of case with Baroness, where you start with red and then that album ends and then you get into yellow. And it's like, can you really tell? Well, blue's in the middle of that. But, but I'm, no, I'm no, saying, I I yeah, saying, yeah, I'm saying that if the first album ends and then you get to the most recent album, do you how long until you know if you don't know the band right that you you're into an entire like five albums in i think that you could easily probably put baroness on shuffle and i think most people most people would people probably who are not un- notice people who are unfamiliar probably wouldn't notice yeah but also it's much i mean i can say that with a lot of people because i don't know especially the thing about baroness too is they their songs vary anyway, right? And they start to vary more as they get further on. Mm-hmm. But they go back and forth between something that even sounds a little country, and you have more acoustic in here, mm-hmm. or something that's heavier, you know. So with that in mind, if you put it on shuffle, it's and someone who's less familiar with their discography, but even is aware of the fact that they don't just have all songs that are strictly hard metal songs, mm-hmm. would wouldn't be able to choose in that you know in that regard either, you know. So I think that the way that their albums are laid out. In terms of the way that the songs are, le- lends itself to being even more difficult, I guess. Dax, is your favorite song off of either Red or Blue? Um, I don't think so. Let me check which one. I know what the name is. Give me a second. Oh, it's on Golden Gray. Okay. Huh. It's um, uh, Broken Halo. Broken Halo, it is. Is the deepest 
completely forgot it was on that album. I can tell. Yeah. I was thinking it was on one of the earlier ones for some reason. Pretty you good. Like, you like that drum intro, don't you? I do. I've been in a drum mood lately. I know you have been. Speaking Their drummer's of, good. Yeah, that album especially. He's doing a lot of interesting things. They uh, changed a lot of stuff up from that album. Yeah. That Which was a different John drummer said. from their original drummer. Yeah, the drummer yes. was the one, one of the ones who left switched, after the accident. Yeah. They switched after. What happened um, in the accident? Why are we talking about this? The van went over the hill. To grandmother's wild. house. <laughs> <laughs> what so what, ha- what happened in this accident? It was <laughs> a touring accident. With the, the bus went off the road. Their touring vehicle fell off of a viaduct. Okay, thirty feet it fell. Damn. And crashed. It was heavy rain. And it was like 11, 11.30 p.m. It was like late at night. Yeah. And John Baisley broke his left arm and his leg. And two of the other people, members of the band, were injured as well. One guy was ba- okay. Baisley almost had to have his arm amputated, didn't he? It was pretty rough. It took him a long He had to relearn how to play, for you know, and, and readjust and make, you know, changes. So it was a bit of a – I mean, it did, it did made a lot of changes in the lives of these people, obviously outside of the group. Right. And uh, it, that came to affect, you know, everything else. And they did. They had members leave. The guitar player left. The other guitar player left. Who, basically, he was kind of... The sound was mostly him and John. Peter Adams. Peter Adams, yes. He and John were the people who were responsible for, for the Baroness's sound, essentially. So, Purple... That's why Purple was kind of a big album, too. Was it was the first... Was the last album with him on it. But I think it was the first album where John maybe played a larger role at, than the duo playing kind of a more, you know, back and forth role. And then Gina Gleason has come in and she's very good as well. And she's pretty cool. Yeah. She, she rips. So rips. Had a new drummer rips like come Jared does yes. on the podcast and the drum, but the drumming hasn't, and they got another good drummer because the drumming hasn't changed in terms of style as that much. I think necessarily. it didn't change in purple, but I noticed a difference in, uh, Golden, golden gray. Everything's supposed to be different. I keep way. wanting to say gold and silver, like Pokemon, but no. uh, oh yeah, of course. I have golden to catch gray. myself every time. Well, you gotta hey. catch them all. <laughs> so Gina Gina Gleason uh, also performed on Cirque du Soleil mm-hmm. and in Metallica, a Ooh. female Metallica Metallica cover, cover band. band. Huh. Didn't know huh. that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Play some Metallica. Don't actually play that. Yeah, let's not. So, anywho, uh, do you want to play a song? I don't want to play my favorite, but I promised last week that we would play because it was on my yellow and green was on my list, my decade list. Mm-hmm. A song from that album. I my one, mine is off of yellow okay. and green. So I have, I I have a song to play off yellow and green as well. I'm gonna play March to the Sea. That's is it the, the same song? song. That's the song I Ooh. promised last week. Is that the song, so. Jared? Is that the song you wanted? Yes. Yeah, March to the Sea. It's a song all three of us wanted, so we're good. There we go. March March to the Sea. What was it that you wanted to hear, Jared? Yeah. Get to one minute in the song. You got it. Right at one? Right at one. Around one minute. Okay. Okay. 
Holly G. Doesn't do, do, that do, sound do, do. familiar? Go ahead. Do you know what you're going to? Nope. Oh my. What are we I going to, Jared? You to Just you. say it. You got to introduce it. Oh. That's the whole point of the show. Go to uh, the song. Look how ready you were. Bulletproof Heart by My Chemical Romance. close i found that all of my lonesome i was like this sounds like something and i knew what it was i just had to figure out what it was and i i played it for caleb last night i played the the march to the sea and i said what is this and he started singing gravity and i'm like you got it right away you son of a gun i I know my things there's also a lot of roots to that like progression and like new wave Mm mm-hmm there's a lot of that in Baroness New Wave. I, I don't think that most likely Baroness purposefully ripped off my Chemical no. Romance. No. I don't no. think. No. That's not what I'm saying. No. But the cadence no. of the vocal styling definitely like sounded yeah. like the same. You know what I mean? It sounded did. familiar. It did. It did. And the My Kim song came first. It did. That album right. came out in 2010. Right. That Baroness, that, that Baroness 12. 12. Right. Yes. Yeah. That uh, I like the intro to that song. Though. I'm glad we played it first because it it reminds me of some older rock stylings, mm-hmm. um, kind of some garage rocky feels to it. So they added some weird. They added a lot more, intro like you know different sounds, harkening back to some different sounds in yellow and green. But another thing I notice in that yellow and green shift is, if you listen to the lead in that song, the lead is not up front in the same way. Mm-hmm. So. It's kind of it's, there's more sound, and the lead is buried a little bit more, and it's 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 less like lick and riff based in certain points, and more like continual. The lead is a continual like riff over and over. That's more repetitive and things like that. And then you get you know you'll get other pieces laid over top. But for instance, in some especially on red, it's like. For instance, my favorite song, I'll just say, is The Birthing. That's my favorite song off of Red. I love that song, but that song's got like three sections to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you have, they're both playing the same lead in some of those sections, and the bass is what's backing everything up. When you get to this later stuff, whoops. When you get to this later stuff, you know, rhythm guitars are swelling and and filling the backspace with the bass a lot more, and things are buried and, and layered a little bit differently. The Birthing. Off of the red album. I do want a certain part, but I don't remember the timestamp. Man, I don't look it up. I forgot. Just tell me a general point. Halfway through the song. The second portion. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? I think so. Where it gets all palm beauty.
vocals are a lot rougher on Red and Blue as well. Yeah, it's a lot yeah, more I, screaming. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if he felt as confident, like, in those albums as he does on the newest album. Like, yeah. I feel like I, I did hear the progression of his. Because I mean, on Red, you kind of didn't really get a lot of vocals anyway. You know, no, it's, it was mostly mm-hmm. a lot of instrumentals and then very minimalist in terms of singing. Yeah. And then as that the albums progress, you have more and more of him. And then even like, you know, the song Tourniquet, which we talked about earlier, the beginning of that song is a just vocal performance, right. you know, an acoustic, and right. then it gets into it. So like that is a one progression you can talk about with Baroness in that they started out as a, you know, instrumentally groove metal band that mm-hmm. has kind of turned into maybe more vocal driven. Yeah, it's very true. Uh what that like ties into song structure evolution too on red and blue not only do you have less vocals and it's more of a instrumental album but it's like the like the birthing is it's in it's like chunks of different ideas make up a song when, but once you get to yellow and green and especially on purple you follow more of like a standard song structure because you you're introducing vocals in a traditional way it all kind of shifts, right? So the the vocal delivery and the difference in the way he sings and how much singing there is is also part of shifting the song structure and the way that they've arranged ideas in each track. I do think I like different albums for different reasons. Uh, like the last one I, I would said. think so. Like the last one I said, I was into the drum, like the drumming. Right. That was the primary reason I liked that album as much. Yeah. Whereas the first two albums, it was the jamminess. Yeah. And I, I think what Yellow and Green was offering, it just didn't vibe with me that much. Which makes sense. There's a good anger song on there, though. Little Things. Which Oh, yeah. You know? That's, if like you're angry song. at someone, yeah, it's a good song. Can you well, play that's, it? We all play that song. You know, I was going to say, for Yellow and Green, um, I really like the first several. Like, so... Take I, my bones away. I like March that song a lot. I, take my bones away. I good. want that. I wanted that to possibly be my favorite song, but I don't think it actually is. I think it has to be "Throw Me an Anchor" because I love yeah. that song so much. But well, let's play some little things. And take my we... bones away is a great song. "March to the Sea" I really liked. "Little Things" is good. Like that whole block. They, well, yeah. all of Yellow yeah. I really like. Yellow is really yeah. good. Um, "Cocanium," which is an interesting. Yeah, "Cocanium." I, I like that. That's pretty fun. I thought maybe that was a real word, but then I looked it up. It just says Baroness song. <laughs> <laughs> Sea Lungs is pretty good, too. Um, I liked Green as well. But also, I think that Green... The other problem with it, too, this is an issue with the double album, is when you listen to it like we did, when you treat it as one whole piece, and but you have it in your mind that it's two pieces of work, you're comparing the second piece to the first piece the entire time. Right. You know, so... And that's, like, that's very much not the way that they think about writing music. They don't think... I don't think... You know, from what I know from reading John Baisley interviews and seeing eight interviews with him, they don't, they're not thinking about being based off other things. They're acknowledging what was done in previous work. And they're saying, this is what we're doing in this work. You know, I don't think that they would want you to think, to listen to yellow and listen to green and try to be comparative. I want the, I would think they want you to really try to think about green as its own separate thing or something like that. But it's very difficult to the way that we listen to them. Well, I mean, but that's the way that they released it though. Why would so they have they, just split it then? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That well, they can't they can't really like say that because they released a double album with two different colors. Right, but that's the thing about all right, and this is I I was getting to this earlier and we didn't quite get to it. The thing about a double about double albums, for instance, let's look at two. I'm gonna use two for comparison purposes. One is yellow and green, one is Stadium Arcadium by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Stadium Arcadium is an album where Red Hot Chili Peppers said, 
we haven't had an album in a long time, and they wrote a lot of music. And then they just said, we have a lot of music. We're going to make a double. And the and it, what happened is it got bloated. They're separate things, you know, Mars and Venus, I think it's the titles of the two. They're separate, they're separate things. But for them, they had to think about what's going to flow better on each specific thing. But it's just a bloating. It's just, I have a lot of material, and we want to release all of this material. But that's not the only way that you can look at a double album. If I'm an artist, I can release a double album because I have two sides to show of something. This album has two sides to it, and I have two different things to show or to tell you about. That is, I want to be all-encompassing in this idea. You know, so, you and when you, if you're going to do it like that, you can be comparative, you know, a little bit between the two. But the reality is, like, I'm trying to show you two different things, and I want you to realize those. And those, and I want those to be, they work together, but it doesn't have to be a comparative situation. Or, you know, if it's going to be comparative, it's going to be things that are, that I want you to be able to look how different this is, then I would probably do it as two separate releases. You know, but you have options. A double album is an interesting option. It doesn't have to just be used, as it has been many times in the past, for I have a bunch of material. You might as well just release it all because none of it, in the case of Stadium Arcadium, is good enough to put on a next release. Mm. You know, all the singles. A little of it was good enough to right. put out. To well, any, all of this, the amount of, there's only like four singles on that thing. Four songs that could be singles. And they're all about and California. They, right, and they need them all on that California. album to sell it. I don't think Snow is about California. No, is it about not. cocaine? Sure. Okay, hey but they need all they needed all of those songs to be on Stadium Arcadium to sell the album. You couldn't save a couple of those and release a different album. You know, a couple of the good songs because the rest of the songs suck a lot. Almost all of the second disc sucks. Wasn't Snow on the second disc? No, Snow, I think it actually was on one. Second disc I think did have I didn't um, I didn't do my right. I, Hump, I think it had, I think I think Humpty Bump is on there. Ooh, I think you're Humpty right. Bump. And That's a bop. Let me look, let me get to it. I like uh, the music video where he is uh, taken captive by himself. It's Jupiter and Mars, by the way. Sorry, oh, Mars is the second uh, disc. Uh, in a taxi. Tell cab. me, baby. Oh, that's, popular, a, that's a pretty that's good the song. disc two song that's popular, but the rest of them pretty much suck. What song is that? Is that un- that's not under the bridge? What song is that? You know what I'm talking about? I don't where remember now. He's riding in a uh, taxi cab. And that's big yellow taxi. No, 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 no. Is that song? Hold on, you know we're listening to a good band if we spend a lot of time on Red Hot Chili Peppers. Absolutely. Well, I just use it as a comparison. The, the way Jared's brain works, as we all know, it's all over the place. That's why we like him. We ever gonna play Little? We're things? getting there. I think it's the right song. after this. I think it's By the Way. Oh, okay. The Red Hot Chili Peppers oh. song. By the cool. way, hard time to think. Yeah. All right. Waiting so. For. Yeah. So yeah, there's different wow, things that can wow, be done, wow, and wow. and I, what I think I understand from Yellow and Green is that it's meant to be the second one. It's not meant to be a bloating of songs, you know, because it's not just like a bunch of them. They have a, the same number on each. They have a theme intro to each, you know. So whatever. Let's play little things. Let's get to the chorus of it. I think though.
how many songs can you think of recently that have a pre-chorus in it? That, I didn't That's really think about that. It's a long pre-chorus. It's a long pre-chorus. But it's weird. I haven't seen that type of song structure in a while. Most songs are to go from verse, then they jump right into the chorus. Similar to how they they no longer do fade outs in songs yep. anymore. Yeah, miss those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bring them a, back. Play a, a song until you feel like it, and then someone will just go into the track and they'll fade it out later. I like when they have. I can't remember what song I was listening to, and I would love to know because it's one that is like an okay song, but it's too long, and they have a fade out. And then it fades right back in for like thirty seconds of the same. It doesn't. It's not like it's something that's different and spectacular. It's just the same thing. It's like, oh, new pussycat? you're not done with this yet. No, it's not it. It's a good song, isn't it? Good try. It though. is. Thank you. But that's a good angry song. When you want to be angry at someone, it's kind of weird to call little someone things. a greasy little thing that like really gets to them. You're greasy. Yeah. Jerry, would you like to play "Throw Me an Anchor" now? Yeah, go ahead and play "Throw Me an Anchor." It's my favorite song, everybody. Just before you play the song, I want to say that we are in Metal Month. As you previously stated, this is Tyler's choice for yes, metal band. Yes. It is. We didn't mention that yet. I mean, it's obvious because he's you know talked about it predominantly, which is fair because it's his band. But right. we didn't get into that part. Everybody picked a band for Metal Month, so here's "Throw Me an Anchor," my favorite song. <laughs> I'm not sure what all that lead up was for, but all right. What a transition. talk about uh, colors quite a bit in that song if you get to the the lyrics which would make sense the beginning yeah, the they say stars were shown between us were bluish bluish green and golden like then uh, you get past the chorus and then you get the stars that shone between us oh wait hold on that's the same thing bluish black <laughs> no bluish black and gold so the stars changed Ooh, as yeah. did barrenness they did mm-hmm. this is the last of their color series yeah i get it very good joke they have one more album coming out in the color series. What is it? The Teal album. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Although I'll admit, Thank you. That was my they, contribution. If they did remake the Teal album as Baroness, it would be better than Weezer's. I would agree oh with that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I would love to hear Baroness. Baroness do Africa. all the same covers. Oh, wow. That would be great. A cover of a cover album. Yeah. Crazy. Good idea. That's genius. Submit it. We got to get that. Cut that. that. That's our idea. We're doing it. Yeah. All right, but you have to submit <laughs> but it But we're not bare. We're not, damn, we're not doing it. We can't do it. That's true. We don't have a background of colored albums. Yeah, come on now. So, okay, I, I have an overarching question to, to uh, ask everybody. And I feel like Tyler will probably have the most contributed to this, but it's still worth asking. Uh, they started making music in like you know the mid two thousand ish era, so they're uh, one of the more prominent metal acts of the last two decades. Yeah, I would say, which is not uh, Jared is shaking his head, but that is true because metal is not really a prominent genre anymore. There's not really a lot of acts doing metal popularly. They at least have, you know, they've been, I think they've been nominated for Grammys in terms of uh, one of, I think March to the Sea actually 
if I remember right, was one of the songs that was nominated for best metal. What is it? Best metal performance is the only thing they get at the mm-hmm. Grammys, right? So uh, them being one of the more prominent metal acts of the last like couple decades, what do you think they have brought to metal as an act? It's the song "Shock Me." Oh, "Shock Me" is the one. Okay, so yeah, from Purple. What have they? What have they brought to metal in today's day and age? What have they done to to I guess make metal still worth listening to. I'm not really sure exactly how to ask the question, but does it make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I know what you're talking about. So I think I'm going to have to give a brief synopsis of albums when I do this, because obviously we know that because red and blue bring the least probably mm-hmm. really. And even because the, the, they're just good metal albums, those are the closest to the genre. Yeah. I would say so. Other than just some interesting, like, I do think they bring something. They bring interesting ideas. They bring a little bit different song structure because it's kind of, ch- you know, there are pieces to the songs. The songs are more compositional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're in between on those albums being a fully instrumental metal band and a metal band that has some lyrical content. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was just a little bit different at the time. So, other, you know, just bringing something different to make it, because it's kind of hard to maintain metal over time, yeah. Especially coming out of the '90s, because the '80s we're very familiar with what metal sounds like, mm-hmm. and there's two types: good metal and crappy pop hair metal. And then we realize—I know I realized—a lot of the crappy hair metal stuff. A lot of the big songs were actually released in the late '80s or in the early '90s. They were good. That's what you went. They're oh, terrible. <laughs> They're bad, but it's weird that they were released that late in the decade, I found. That a lot of what defined the 80s sound is later in the 80s. Yeah, Warrant is later in the 80s. Um, I mean, the only only things that that we really connect with the 80s and hair metal that are earlier on, like is Def Leppard's first album, Mm -hmm. uh, Van Halen's early album albums you know, but really a lot of these big songs that are more one-hitty poison, for instance. Bon Jovi. Yeah, later, later, 88. 88, 89. It's really weird. Um, but then you see a shift in metal during that time because we Megadeth continued to make the same metal music, and which really is good. Pantera as well. Pantera, yes. Pantera is very... Right. Like, yeah. Throughout the 90s. So we're very familiar with that sound. So then what do you do? Because you can't... Where are you going to go yeah. at that point? And I think that Baroness is a group that said, this is where we're going to go with it. So I think that's what they brought in their early albums. Yeah. That makes sense. Their later albums, I think they just bring in... I think what what's important about what those do for metal is it starts to question, well, what, what is the genre? Not where does it go to, but really what is it? What kind of instruments can we use and not use? How can we use those instruments? How do we change things? For instance, for me, one reason I really like Baroness outside of the fact that I just like the music and outside of the fact that I'm never, I was never a big metal person. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a punk person. And when I heard Baroness, I'm like, well, this is the metal that I want. Yeah. So that resonated with me, and it's made me like metal mm-hmm. more than I did before. So, but outside of that, I've I respect what they do in terms of how they get the sounds that they get, mm-hmm. and I know that they use, for instance, John and Gina both play Telecasters and Jazzmasters, which are single coil pickup guitars, not traditionally found in metal because you use you typically use humbuckers because you get a lot more sound and you can drive things a lot more heavily. Mm-hmm. They're using single coil guitars that are not traditional metal instruments. They're playing through Fender vintage reissued tube amps, which are not metal amps at all, mm-hmm. you know, and they're pushing all this sound through that, through those things. And they're saying we can change our tone 
and change the way that things sound and the way that we interact with the instruments and how they play together by realizing that this is the tone we want and building from there. A lot of people, like a lot of other acts, and I've done this because I actually did a lot of work on how to get a metal tone in your guitar over the course past two weeks because I saw someone on Facebook who's like, hey, metal guitars, what's a good distortion pedal? And I'm like, well, I've read some articles that say that you really shouldn't use one in metal. And traditionally, you didn't. You use built-in distortion in the amplifier, Mm -hmm. and then you use a tube screamer, which is basically a tube overdrive-style pedal that just overdrives a little more for, like, leads. Here, they're they're not working in that same realm. So bringing in different instruments, bringing in different ideas, seeing how those things play in, I think is what they have done to change the genre because like I said like they bring in a lot of alternative rock sounds they bring in some in like even some indie sounds mm-hmm. and they bring in different various ambient sounds and saying that you don't have to, like you can't you don't have to just be a drone metal band you can have drone metal songs and do some other stuff at the same time so I just think that the variety and the way that they utilize that is, is a lot different and challenges people to make them think differently about some of it Jared or Dax, do you have anything else that you'd like speaking, to say? About that? Well, yeah. speaking of what he was just talking about with the different sounds, mm-hmm. if you look at the Purple album, uh, within that album, John uh, basically plays, you know, guitar, uh, things like that. But then you look, it says bells, glockenspiel, Wurlitzer electric piano. Right. Not things, that you things you'd traditionally in hear in a metal right. Right. Uh, album. So. Yeah. Like every album, I think they're moving further and further away from being metal. Yeah. Like, like the last one, I don't even... Like it is still metal, but it's hard to call it metal right. at that point. It's more, yeah, like more alternative rock. Well, I would agree. Thing. I totally agree. I find, I ask myself that question when I listen is to this it. Like, why band? is this still metal? And the only thing, the thing that I could, like, the thing I could mostly come back to is all of the guitars are still using metal tones, mm-hmm. and it's still well, the drumming never, is still metal drumming. The last few albums, he you really know, hasn't but, tried to do that with his vocal delivery that much either. It's more no. like, I don't, um, I don't know, just like powerful singing rather than yeah. metal singing right yeah the one thing i'll say about them um is that i the lyrics aren't as memorable or you know like powerful as what i would kind of hope that they would be mm-hmm. we caleb and i talked about um baroness their comparison to mastodon another stoner metal progressive metal yeah they even like in the same way baroness kind of talks especially in the first two albums about fantasy elements their song titles are kind of hard to pronounce you know based mm-hmm. on like fantasy and things and that's really amassed on like they have concept records they have things that they talk about like curl the burl for instance and things like that mm-hmm. where they the hunter you know stuff like that so they are a comparison both stoner metal progressive metal as i said mm-hmm. um so I, I don't I mean that but I feel like ba- Mastodon kind of brings a more interesting element to the lyricism of the stoner metal than Baroness which is kind of I don't want to say bare bones but not as pronounced correct yeah yeah, yeah that makes sense in their like lyrics I, I don't really have mi- like what can you pull from from their lyrics that you're like, oh, this I, that spoke to me, kind of, you know, like I don't right. have a lot that I'm like, oh, you know, like, I'm listening. It really stood out. That stood out, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's I find music always is for me. Yeah, we oh, know. No. <laughs> yeah, we know. I found that Purple uh, was an album where maybe that was focused on a little more because I know I can think of, and I've spent the most time with that album, so that's probably probably part of the reason I can notice it too. But I found some lyrics in there that I found were like that told a story that was kind of interesting. Like, um, oh, let me find the track really quickly. I mean, I like um, like like choruses and stuff like you know like mm-hmm. what is um I'm trying to think of what i'm trying to think of but like um excuse me oh man like um big like what what like I'm, shock me kind of well like what like what you would consider like a bear um menzingers what like a big like anthem yeah anthemic, anthemic choruses yeah that yeah. thank you thank you Dex. yes like anthemic songs where you're like you're singing along to you know the big whooping yes you know vocals of it and such you know like and like throw me an anchor for instance is probably the one that's the biggest second to um take my bones you know like mm-hmm. you know what the song is because of the song like the title throw my Bo-, and then they say it prominently through and with passion yeah but and it, i mean that's important but what does it mean in the end you know like that right. you're saying things that aren't the most um, creative, or if you will, sure. Know. Try to disappear. You know, it says, "I will bury your bones under my garden, underneath your eyes can't burn through me anymore." Like those are some pretty prom. Those are pretty decent lyrics. Mm-hmm. You know, so and it what's it harken back to? I mean, the rest of the song. But that's an intro. Those are your intro lyrics. I think that's kind of pulling in. You know, and it. What does it talk about? That album, I think, focuses on feelings and some things a little like a lot, a little more differently. So feelings, yeah. Uh, Osprey talked about that song too. The feelings, you know, you know, you know that song, feelings. You sure. Know feelings. Um, Tourniquet is also the same. I like um, the beginning of it where he talks about having an artificial heart. That's pretty. Mm-hmm. That like, and that's does pretty, that speak to you, Jerry? No. Um, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's like it's kind of the beginning of it, um, where it's the acoustic driven, where he's talking about it, and then once you get to when the music really comes in. And him and Gina are both, you know, like bare in their soul. If you right. bareness in their soul, bareness sure. in their soul. That album is a little more diverse too. Well, with her, it makes you can be more diverse lyrically. And actually, on um, on one of those songs, it's uh, towards the end of it, close to the. Well, I guess it's not because that's a big old album. But Cold Blooded Angels, mm-hmm. John Basley's daughter sings hit the the melody with him in that song. Oh, does she? Yeah, that's cool. So and he recorded her. He just heard her. She was. I think he. I think the story was that he was singing, practicing or something, and she started singing it with him. And he's like, "Stay right there, <laughs> don't you move." <laughs> and then they took, you know, and they I have recorded my own it with him. Yep. So he <laughs> does, he's a he's I, I really like John. He's really an interesting guy, and he does all of the all artwork. of that artwork. And yeah, that's pretty cool. Too. Cool. I want to. Yeah, it is really cool. And he's done. He has his own art career outside of that, and he's done a couple of other albums that I have found too, another a couple other metal bands. Well, he's done both the, al- the T-shirts and albums for a lot of different groups, right. uh, prominent metal bands, mm-hmm. uh, according to uh, the thing I read earlier. Because it says, like, uh, he's done, this just says T-shirts and album art. So it's I don't know which of those two, but, like, Darkest Hour, Pig Destroyer, mm-hmm. Daughters, which you're a fan Ooh, of. I do like Daughters. Caleb. And then uh, Flight of the Concords. Yeah, uh, Flight really? of the Concords, yep. Uh, and huh. then uh, the most famous is, of course, Metallica. Mm. And Gillian Welsh, who is a uh, looks like country singer, which is interesting as well. So, I mean, very different kind of stylings and different yeah. art. 
His art's pretty cool. It's no Ringo art, but it's good. Okay. <laughs> could could never be Ringo art. Speaking of Ringo, the drums did remind me of Ringo a little bit. Oh, shut up, Cody. It's not a compliment. It's the way Ringo plays to the music rather than just playing. Like, you know what I mean? No, I don't. Because you are the drummer, and your whole job is to play to the music and keep the beat, pal. No, he is creating music. He's not just playing a, a track for music to play with. He's, like, playing an active role in it. You're talking about the drummer of Baroness? Yes. Well, you're in a metal band, pal. You have to do that. Drumming is more... You have to be more proficient in a metal band. It's very Ringo-like. That's all I'm going to say. Totally. You think Ringo did that? Yeah, he's just <laughs> not metal. He did later on. Early Ringo did not do that. Well, maybe not early. Have you listened to any... Up until... Even on Rubber Soul. Hey, I know that he has it. listened to all of the Beatles. <laughs> well, I don't know. It was pretty early on. It was, it was like third ago. week. Not quite. Did you listen to all the Beatles? I did. Are you sure? I did too. I remember pretty pretty sure. Better than Barry, sure. if you will. You cheated a couple times. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. His art is cool. <laughs> it is cool. I'll end it on that. Man wearing hat is, is my favorite. Not Ringo, you idiot. <laughs> We're breaking down. Do we have closing thoughts on Baroness? John Baisley. <laughs> Did everybody play their favorite songs? Yes. Okay, cool. John Baisley's art is cool. I thought he kind of looks like suck. the lead singer of Blue October. Yeah, a little bit. I like his beard. Yeah, they both have uh, gray beards. Is that your closing thought? He has gray That he beard. looks like the lead singer of um, Blue October and has a similar beard? That's, that's your what closing I said. thought? No, that's not my closing thought. This is the last thing I said. Well, ask for closing thoughts. Just do. Let's do some thinking. Anybody got anything else to say? I'm interested to see where they go so, since they're ending their their uh, chromatically based albums. Yeah, and they keep moving away from metal. It, it, it'd be interesting. Are to they see, moving like, the away direction. from metal, or are they redefining metal? Ooh, yeah. that was they're my point. That was my point with That's my entire answer to yeah. Caleb's question, and I'm so disappointed. Not really, because as I mentioned last episode, you increase in disappointment daily to me. You didn't get any of what I said. I was picking. You let I none of it get into it. your skull. I was agreeing with it. Uh huh. Sure you were. <laughs> oh boy. I don't know what we're doing next. You, I guess you'll. System you'll... of a Down. Okay, cool. That's my pick for Metal Month, everybody. System of a Down. Go out this week. Listen to System of a Down. Well, don't uh, warn them about my pick. Let them listen, listen to, to Meredith first, and then and then be pleasantly surprised by System of a Down. Pleasantly surprised. Whoa, I've never heard of System of a Down. Some song people before. haven't. Some it's a good people, thing that I woke they up. They haven't had an album since 2005. It's a good thing I woke up. That's all I'm going to say. There's a, there's a 14 year old right. boy who what, what is it? alive now. That wow. There wasn't an album at that point. What? Well, almost 15 now. He's probably just now listening to them. Exactly. You have a closing statement on the band we're talking about today? I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> Pitchfork really likes Baroness. Yeah, I found that I found that interesting that they, they really do really it. like Baroness. Like all of their reviews are positive. Mm-hmm. They did not negative. They had all all eights, which I thought was pretty surprising. Rolling Stone that, also liked them. They, the critics like Baroness. Yes, and I think they do. I th- I f- for good reason. I think. Yeah, I really do because cr- critically, it's good, and it's not. The albums are, you know, they're not overproduced, but they're fairly well produced up until this they one, are. which I don't have an issue with, of course. I don't either. So. I, I mean, I, I think that that's... I w- I'm not surprised. I mean, I when I bought... For instance, when I bought Purple, I mm-hmm. kept seeing it at the record store. Yeah. And I was like, this album, this cover is really interesting. I don't know what this is at all. And I just took it. I was like, what do you think about this? How long did you see it there? For months. Hmm. Yeah, no one else is buying it. I know. 
Jared, you suck. For God's sake. I knew you were doing that. I didn't. But I no, I, I probably saw it for, well, four or five weeks what does before that I say? bought it. Well, it wasn't. It didn't just come out. Or they, it, they okay. keep it on the shelf. Yeah, it hadn't. Thing. It hadn't just come out. It wasn't new. It was it was it was not new at that point. So, but I just saw it and thought it looked interesting. I didn't know what it was, and I just said I'm going to buy that today. Whatever it is. I will say that Baroness is worth checking out. If you are an old metal fan, you should like it. If you are a new metal fan, you should like it. It appeals to. Both metal fans and non-metal fans. I agree. It is a group that is worth checking out. And if that's you want, why we're covering. It. If you want to just hear some like jam, like jam, ripping metal, then that's then you should go for Red and Blue. Yeah, that's what you're looking for there. Yeah, let's close out now. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Record Roundtable. This week we've been talking about Baroness. Next week we're going to be talking about System of a Down. Check us out on Facebook. Check out our Patreon. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.